the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Iron Real Estate, the only talk radio show we've been on for, I, I lose count, 11 years now, something of that nature. Okay, the only talk show radio on that's been on 11 years, and we talk about everything that has to do with real estate with all of the experts, okay, and let's face it, everything has to do with real estate. Um, today... By the way, if you're looking out today, what a wonderful day it is. It's sunny. It's beautiful. And um, I always tell you, when you wake up in the morning, look at all the wonderful things today. An absolutely gorgeous day. And we're very lucky today. We're going to have a whole crew on. I have. We only have a short show today. It's an hour um, because we're preempted by one of the games. So if you have any questions, you have to call us early. But I have us all, Tom Drew, a financial expert, and Stephen, our financial, our, our, our legal expert. Is all, we're all on together, so we're all happy to be together, and we're going to talk about the economy and everything that is going on in the economy because it's kind of, kind of confusing. Okay, I also want to thank Citizens Bank, okay, because Citizens is the bank that is named Citizens because they founded, okay, the bank to help citizens and regular people like you, me, and not just big corporations, although they do them also. And last year, Citizens was the third largest lender in the Northeast, and you can easily find information on citizensbank.com, or you can call them 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you can reach them any way you like. If you want to talk to them in person, fine. If you want to email, they're there when you want. And if it's 3 o'clock in the morning and you want to get to them, you can. So I want you to know that we have some big headlines today, and Stephen and, and Tom, okay. First of all, one of the big headlines says the mortgage rates hit 6%, or actually they're higher than 6%, for the first time since 2008. So what does that mean to everyone, and where do you see that going? Yeah, Dottie, uh, it, it's been a while since we've seen rates over 6%. Um, so that's certainly uh, a, a big headline uh, for us in the mortgage business. But, you know, look, if you look at the average loan size of, say, you know, four to 500000 it means another you know, uh, $50, $60 a month in payment, which, no, listen, it's 
it's not ideal, but it's not, um, it, it shouldn't derail somebody from making a decision that, you know, impacts their life, right? Um, it's, it's, it's a big headline catch, but, uh, you know, not, not a huge difference in the monthly payment. Um, so I tell people, look, just focus on, on where you want to live, right, and, and, and what your goals are. And as I think I've said in previous weeks, the historical average interest rate historically is about seven and a half. So we're still under. Okay, you know, it's still relatively low. I mean, you know, the two percent and when we had two and a half percent or whatever that was, that was really just because of the pandemic and so we've never had rates like this. I mean really it's still a very good rate. And I don't know, I think, Stephen, um, you might have told me, and I know I bought a home when it was like 15%. I mean, the rates are still pretty good. And uh, when they make it like, oh, my God, the rates have gone up and it's so horrible. Well, of course, papers have to dramatize everything. But in reality, okay, they are historically still under the average historical rate, which is seven and a half. So that's all good news. I definitely agree with you, and I'm. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. You know, I think historically we're still in great shape. I think you do see a bit of a psychological, you know, gee whiz moment with some buyers who who are now saying, "Oh, look at how the numbers are up." I think also when we had the fast run up. You know, a few, you know, six months ago when you started seeing the big movement, that's where you saw people saying, oh, did I miss my window? And I think on the on the more entry level part of the market, right, that could make a difference for some people. I think for most people, you know, they can absorb it. Um, but I think for and I'm seeing this, I think, in who's buying and who's selling and where things are going for the first time home buyer. Um, who are very numerically sensitive, where they're not necessarily getting family support or they can't make up the difference with maybe a higher down payment, that's where you see, I think, a little bit of extra thought, maybe a little bit of softening. Right. And Stephen, before I forget, I didn't properly introduce you. Oh, Okay, but obviously for those who listen to our show are – Legal expert is attorney Stephen Ebert. He's a partner at the prestigious firm Casson Casson, which is located in Westchester. And um, he is just a wealth of information. I don't think there's any question I ask him legally that he doesn't know. You really are so smart. Um, and he is a real estate attorney. And again, as I always tell you, when you're buying a home, don't use your son in law who's a divorce attorney. Okay, make sure you use a real estate attorney who specializes in real estate because it's very important. Anyhow, I've been looking at all the headlines, and obviously we saw what happened with the stock market Tuesday. Uh, it really took a pretty big dip. But I, 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 I want to start off by talking about I was looking at the where we are now, and if you look at where we are now, guys, job growth is slowing. But demand for workers is strong. I mean, they can't seem to get enough workers. Inflation is high, but it has been higher because with gas prices going down, um, it's come down a little bit, but it's still higher than they thought it would be. They thought they would get it down more by now, and they haven't. And I'm not 
sure in that in the immediate future they're going to get it down. I think uh, it's going to be a while, but that's just my opinion. Consumers are spending, but they're also cutting back. And um, workers are getting a boost. I mean, workers, because there's a shortage of workers, so they're demanding more money, and many times they're getting it. But the challenge is the basic cost of food and things are going are up, so it's kind of washing out each other. Inflation hit a four-decade high this year, um, and it's still it's slowing, but it's still high. They want to get it down, but it's still high. So kind of we're in we're in a kind of a a, a place that is kind of I'm not sure if anyone knows exactly where it's going. What are your thoughts on where we are now, Tom and Sue? Yeah, sure, Dottie. Um, well, look, I, I think the one thing we, we, we can't forget is the Federal Reserve, right? Their, their focus is to bring inflation down. That's one of their mandates, uh, you know, low inflation and low unemployment. So they're going to do whatever they need to do to get this inflation down, which means, hey, they're going to keep raising the overnight Fed funds rate, which impacts, you know, credit cards and uh, student loans and car loans and personal home equity lines of credit. So they're, that's the only thing, that's the one tool they have to try to slow down demand. They can't really fix the supply chain issues, and hopefully, you know, that does correct itself, or certainly with, with lower demand, um, you know, that should help bring down inflation. But it can it potentially can get a little uh, painful, right, as those rates have to go up to, to cut, cut demand down. So um, well, Tom, I, I think we're in, we're in store for a few more rate, uh, rate hikes for sure. That's what I was going to ask you. Aren't we? Um, what are we at? About six now. Oh, uh, in terms what? of the uh, well, the, the prime rate is is five and a half right now. Uh, that's what what banks basically charge uh, for those types of products, right? They usually add a margin on top of prime. Prime could probably go at as high as seven percent, um, and that's what the Fed really has control over. Um, right, and so, you expect yeah, I mean, another rate hike in the near future? Yeah, I, I expect at least 75 basis points in September, and they have another meeting in November where they could go potentially another 75. I think they're trying to get to that um, that number, that 7% uh, prime rate as fast as possible, and then maybe kind of see how that impacts demand. Uh, because it's really the only tool they have right now to try to lower inflation. Uh, and hopefully, you know, while they're doing that, all of the other supply chain issues start to work themselves out. And I think in the end what you'll see is the Fed has no choice but to go too far to kind of make sure that inflation calms down. And what that means long term, the Fed would ultimately have to start cutting rates, you know, maybe the end of 2023 or so. But we're, they're going to get there in a hurry to try to slow things down. Right. Now, Stephen, what are you hearing from your clients? I mean, I mean, I, you know, again, buying my houses when the interest rates were much higher, and then, of course, I refinanced, um, these sound like, okay, they're, of course, higher. And then, of course, you have clients who say to you, I'm sure, Stephen, you get this, oh, I missed because the, the real estate market itself is starting to cool. Now, when I say cool, that doesn't mean it's bad. It's becoming a more normalized market, okay? It was crazy in the pandemic. Um, really, there were 15, 20 offers on every house. 
Okay, if you didn't have all cash, you probably couldn't, didn't stand a chance. So in a way, I really think it's a more healthy market here. Okay, and you have, I'm not saying that I said, let me say it three times again. It's not that you're going to steal anything, but you might have some more flexibility, okay, and you can have a little bit more negotiating power with your seller. Stephen, what are your clients saying? What do you What are you hearing? Or what do you What yeah, do you What uh, advice do you give your clients? So yeah, so there's a number of things, Dottie. I agree with you like, uh, on the cooling component. It's like taking hot food out of the oven. Um, it looks delicious, but if it's still bubbling hot, you got to let it cool down before you eat it. And I think that is exactly with the market. Um, the cooling, I think, was necessary because. You do not want things to get ahead of itself for too long, and that's where you have you have problems. So that in and of itself, you know, I'd say is, is even a positive, and all the more reason to have thoughtful advisors. A couple of points I want to add on the economy, and then I'll, I'll circle back to what I'm seeing, what people are saying. One positive news, uh, and there is some positive news, um, a major railroad strike was avoided. There was about to be a major strike for commercial rail. Um, it's not completely done, but it looks like a deal was made. And that would have been very, very costly to the economy because, A, it would have even been more disruptive to the supply chain already beyond what we have. And on top of that, while rail is not a one-size-fits-all for distribution, the the reality is it would have increased costs and then you take a lot more trucks to make up for one of those 80, 90 rail car commercial loads. So that that was a big deal that that was not um, disrupted and having that strike. A couple of other things in the news about, you know, we talked earlier about FedEx. Uh, Amazon in Maryland announced that they're closing a couple of warehouse um, locations for supply distribution. But I would be careful on taking that as a trend. Um, you know, they gave some yellow caution lights, but at the same time, I would say Amazon is known for redesigning, relocating, um, changing how they distribute. So it could easily also be that maybe a tax incentive was over. It could be also they could streamline a distribution center. So I use that as an example not to pick on Amazon, but for anyone who's reading the business news, be very careful in determining if there is a trend based on a particular isolated element. Um, also, I think what's positive... Wouldn't it be just that... I mean, during the pandemic, listen, everything was closed down. So I never used really Amazon before the pandemic. Then I got used to using it, so now I still use it. because. But I really would have never used it. But is it, do you think, because people are getting out now and the pandemic is kind of... Not, you know, it's going to be here, but it's kind of getting to, like, a flu where you're going to get a shot every year. Do you think that maybe the people are going to stores more? Um, it, it may maybe good. a little bit. I, I, I think, I mean, like, I think Amazon, and, and I'll use Amazon loosely, sort of like how people in the 1970s said they were Xeroxing a photocopy. Um, also, you know, you know, I'm, I'm go, go, reaching back to the depths a little bit, right? The, um, but you know, there's obviously, of course, Amazon's competitors too, and there, and there are plenty. You know, I think in using these services, I think they're here to stay, 
I think what we're going to get into is then figuring out preferences. I mean, last weekend I went to a very large shopping mall just to take a look over in Rockland County, New York. What I found very interesting is the mix of stores that are changing. Sure, you had your big department stores. You had like your Foot Locker or Crocs. You had other clothing stores like Express and things like that. But of those secondary stores, a dental office, a medical office, a virtual reality, a dental. Actually, they had it right next to the food court, which is pretty ironic. But, yeah, (laughs) literally, (laughs) you you can go get some ice cream and then go to the dentist afterwards. Or maybe you should do it the other way around. Um, I think you should do it the other way around. (laughs) (laughs) I I think so, too. They had that. They had an ATV motorcycle shop. Um, They had... You know, a daycare center. Literally, I'm looking at the smaller stores, and when you factor in food and entertainment, that was probably half the stores in the shopping center. Food or and something so, that's entertaining? That's an interesting Entertainment or professional services. Yeah. And if 10 years ago, no way. You know, no way would you have seen all these other kind of experiential services type stores. It would have been your classic clothing store or maybe, a, a, you know, a high-end food store, right? Maybe like a William sonoma type place, right? Um, you wouldn't have seen all these sort of services and entertainment. So it's it's very interesting, but also it says something where people are maybe willing to, except for certain products, Right, you know, if it's a gen- more of a generic product, just get it online. But they're still looking for a place to congregate and meet, and that's what I also found interesting. Right, you know, if, well, if you were, don't you think that's okay. the same with work? Whereas, you know, uh, nobody really wants to go back to five days a week, but a lot of companies are allowing four days a week or three days a week. Um, I think that the pandemic really took trends that were probably in the work and expedited them. What do you think? I, I think so, but there's there's going to be a pushback at some point. You know, there's an economic theory um, with, the, with the abbreviation of NERU, uh, the non-accelerating inflationary rate of unemployment. And what it says is you can see where we are cyclically in the economy when it gets to the point where employers – are paying more and more money for employees, but they're also getting less value out of the employee when you're late in the boom. And that's the theory behind it. And so I think we're going to see in the next year or two what I'm going to call the revenge of the employer. And the reason I'm calling it that, you know... And, and, you know, I'm a Star Wars fan, so it's sort of like Revenge of the Sith. I don't know. Not not to characterize employees <laughs> negatively. But but as, as a Star Wars fan, I'm kind of copying that. And, and the reason is you've had a lot of employees, I think, have really overplayed their hand. They, I want this kind of environment. I want all these extra things. And employees are going to at some point say, we're running a business here. It's not, it's not a okay, place we to be entertained. A, we have yeah. a break coming up, but we're, gonna, we're really going to be talking about what's going on now and I really want to talk a little about uh, the pricing the 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 was the, the congestion pricing where they're thinking where I think they're gonna definitely do it where they're going to charge you to come into New York 
I'd like to talk a little about that because we still have time to try to give a voice before they actually put it through. So we're going to talk about congestion pricing when we get back. We'll be right back. What can you expect at Adelphi University? Don't expect ordinary, because this is where extraordinary happens every day. Classes, smaller. Professors, more like mentors. Clubs and organizations to jump into, over 90. Graduating salaries, 28% higher than the national average. Over $70,000 a year for baccalaureate grads. A U.S. News and World Report best college with exceptional undergraduate programs, graduate and doctoral programs, certificates, and continuing education. Top-ranked academics with hands-on learning in healthcare, STEM, arts and humanities, social work, psychology, and the business and teaching professions. With career guidance that's won national recognition. More scholarships, more internships, more friendships. Wherever you're going, whatever your age, whatever your goal, you can expect extraordinary. Adelphi University. Learn more at adelphi.edu slash exceptional. Keep your body moving with powerful nutrients to support your joints and overall mobility. Invite Health is here to save the day and your body with the best-selling Cartilage HX. Cartilage HX helps to maintain the health of your cartilage and promotes flexibility and mobility. This powerful formulation provides a patented form of type 2 collagen called UC2 that has been shown in clinical studies to promote joint comfort and strong, healthy bones. Just listen to what some Invite Health customers in the tri-state area are saying about Cartilage HX. I had a problem with my left knee and had to take baby steps going up the stairs. I'm almost normal now. Miracle! When I climb the stairs, my knees no longer hurt. Stay active with the help of Cartilage HX. Buy one bottle, get the other free, plus free shipping today. Call 800-673-2345 now to order. Again, that's 800-673-2345. 800-673-2345. Our very own Joe Piscopo is as hot as can be. Joe has agreed to perform his cabaret act not once, but twice during the month of October, so as not to disappoint any of his fans. Catch Joe Piscopo at the Saccone Theater at Bergen Community College with fine Italian dishes provided by Frank Sinatra's Manhattan favorite, Patsy's Restaurant, on October 21st. Or come to Staten Island's premier cabaret, Lorenzo's at Nicotra's Staten Island Hilton, to see Joe Piscopo and enjoy a wonderful dinner and show on October 28th. Both intimate venues, both offering a great meal and an unforgettable evening of entertainment. Book your choice of venue today so you're not disappointed. Or better yet, book them both for a memorable October. Go to Lorenzo's.com for price and information for the October 28th show on Staten Island. That's Lorenzo's.com or go to tickets.bergen.edu for price and information for the Saccone Theater. That's tickets.bergen.edu. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Hey, let me ask you something. Would you seat your three-year-old child on a windowsill? Would you seat them beside a lit fireplace or by the deep end of a pool? One last question. Would you seat your child in a car seat that's not correct for them? Car crashes are a leading killer of children ages 1 to 13. Secure their future. Seat them in the correct car seat. For more information, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. Sponsored by the New York State Governor's Traffic Safety Committee. We all want to remain at home as we age, but sometimes we need a little help. 
For over 100 years, River Spring Living's mission of care has supported the health and well-being of older New Yorkers living in the community and on our Riverdale campus through managed care, home care, senior care, senior residences, rehabilitation services, and nationally acclaimed Hebrew home at Riverdale. For a free consultation with River Spring Licensed Home Care Services, call 833-50-RIVER or go to riverspringliving.org. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back and I'm here with Stephen Edward and Thomas Drew. And you're welcome to back to Eye on Real Estate. And we're going to talk a little about the, some of the proposals for congestion pricing that they're planning to put in in the next year or so. And if you, I, I want to quote you something that I read in the New York Times, and it says, why drivers could soon pay $23 a day to reach Manhattan. And it's basically said that it's soon going to be more expensive to drive through Manhattan's densely packed streets, okay? And it says they're putting in a plan. It's the first kind in the United States. I know they have it in London. And seeks to discourage cars from squeezing into the world's busiest commercial districts, roughly the southern third of the length of Manhattan. While, you know, it's going to affect. The zone runs from 60th Street to the Battery Park, but omits the east side artery of the FDR Drive and the west side highway along the borough's edges. Um, Basically, we have about 7.7 million people that flow through the through our district, um, and that's nearly two times the population. Just to give you some perspective, as the population of Los Angeles, three fourths of those trips were made by public transit, and about 24 percent were made by car, taxi, van, or truck. These fees are going to be leveraged to enter the air, you know, to enter the city. The areas are expected to create. This is, and they they want to create at least a billion dollars, and then give that to the transit authorities for them to fix up the subways. But as I'm reading this, Stephen Tom, I'm looking at prices, and they are saying prices will vary depending on the vehicles entering the districts, and. Um, Obviously, it'll be a little cheaper with if you have an easy pass. And again, according to the size car you have, maybe if you have a very small car, it's a little bit less. If it's medium, more. Uh, if you have a truck, forget it. And uh, these fees look rather high. They they could be twenty three dollars on peak hours a day, and seventeen dollars off peak hours and overnight because there's less traffic. Twelve. What are you thinking about that? This is going to affect as late as 23. I think, Dottie, I think it's a horrific idea. I think think they should scrap the whole idea, and there's a few reasons. Number one reason is you want to make it easier and more interesting, and I can list a whole number of adjectives for people to come into the city rather than not come into the city. And the more expenses and barriers that you put up, people at a certain point will hit their limit and say, enough is enough. You never know what is the proverbial straw that breaks the camp back, but after a while, people are like, enough already. 
how many different ways do I have to get gouged? Um, I, I think it's and yeah, and and people are going to find but alternatives. Really, Let me tell you this: you want to go see a Broadway not- show? I'll tell you, a friend of mine invited me. I couldn't make it to um, over in Bridgeport, Connecticut. They converted the minor league baseball stadium to a beautiful concert venue, and they had REO Speedwagon and a few other bands there. The house was packed over there. And somebody's going to say, I can go over there, not take a bridge, have free parking, and also pay half the price for a drink and get a better price ticket. Why on earth do I have to drive in, deal with a parking garage, pay a toll, pay another toll, you know, congestion pricing, for for what? And at a certain point, people are going to say, forget it. But don't you think this is going to hurt? It's only, look, people that are rich are going to pay it and what they don't care. But if you take an average person that lives maybe in Queens, maybe lives in Long Island or Jersey or or, you know, outside of Queens, but works in the city, it's going to be a fortune for them to come into the city if they drive. And this whole reason is that most people are driving and not using public transit. So that try to get people to go back to using public transit, and they feel that if they make it so hard for you to come into the city, you will use public transit. Um, that's, it's not interchangeable. Dottie, not only. I mean, Dottie, can I, just, can I have one more thing, Tom? I'll hand it over. It's not sure. interchangeable, sure. right? If you increase the price of a steak, it's not like you're going to substitute it for a slice of toast, right? It's not. They're both food, but they're not quite interchangeable. Who are the people that are driving? One, number one, you're going to have families coming in. So do you want to not have kids coming? Because what are you going to do? You're going to pack a Metro North full of kids, too? That's not easy. What about people who have to deliver stuff for their business. So, I mean, you made an interesting point earlier on. They're going to see, depending upon the type of car. So if I'm doing a truck delivery, they're going to charge me one price because the truck is empty and one if it's full. And what does that mean for people shopping, right? Are you going to exempt trucks that are delivering food to supermarkets? Otherwise, what's going to happen is the truckers are going to charge more, and the supermarkets who don't have big margins they're going to charge more for food. So you're going to have local residents pay. And the last point is whenever you draw a dividing line, you have winners and losers. So if, you know, if 96th Street's the dividing line before this extra surcharge, I would love to own a parking garage on 97th Street because you're going to see people park their car there and then take a subway down, and it's not going to really solve the congestion and not going to make the money they think they're going to make. Yeah, Tom, did you want to say something? Yeah, look, I think it's kind of a backhanded way to try to force people to take public transportation when right now that's not the safest mode of transportation in Manhattan, that's for sure. And, you know, if we're concerned about inflation, when you're going to charge large delivery trucks up to 80 to come into Manhattan, or that people who live in Manhattan need, what are they, what's going to happen? They're just going to pass that price along to consumers. They already right? said that. Uh, so- Tom, you're, you're so correct. They already said because for trucks, like you take an Amazon, those are going to cost over $100 a day, if not more, to just come into the city. So what are they going to do? They're going to pass that expense on to the consumer. So it's really going to end up in the consumer's lap anyway. I mean, they're really going to hurt the consumer because those guys are just going to charge more. 
But I'm reading that the program may cost drivers entering between up to $23 per trip, maybe even more, and it's all going to be like, oh, gee, uh, did you go during time? If you you went during, like, a a busy time, then it's going to be more. If you went in the middle of the night when there's less traffic, it'll be less, okay? Um, If you go in, like, this, this week, and by the way, for those of you who do not have to be in the city next week, I would advise you not to be since the U.N. is meeting and it's going to be sheer chaos. Um, when the U.N. meets, the city's like a wreck. Streets are closed. It's a, a mess. But it's going to hurt a lot of people, and it's really going to hurt the wrong people because if you're working on, in, you know, outside of New York City, but you, if you work in New York City but live outside of New York City, you're going to have a, 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 a very big expense, okay? I, I, don't, sure. I, don't, yeah. I don't really get. I mean, I understand. And then it's, they want this money to go to the, the transit because they're hurting. It, what's also silly about this, Adi, is that this budget of New York City is basically over $100 billion a year. And here's my challenge to any politician who is who, listening and is voting on a budget. You wanted to add another tax. How about pick a year where you don't increase the budget every single year? I mean, when was the last time we had a balanced budget or the and or the amount of spending didn't go up over last year? I don't I mean, recall ever. Uh, <laughs> but we, we, no, we, not, none of us have enough fingers and toes and then some to count that far back. I mean, it's not, you know, so, and the thing is, you're, you're picking something that's on the margin, right? You're picking a number that's basically less than 1% of the New York City budget, let alone New York State, let alone Metro North. And instead, there's a false assumption here when you pass a tax like this. And it's a tax. You can call it a user fee, whatever you like, it's effectively a tax, in that you're making an assumption, government's making an assumption that demand is basically inelastic, that people are not going to change their preferences. So if they think they're going to get that billion dollars, they think people are still going to come at the same rate. And they want to both have money for transit, have more people use transit, but they also want um, to change preferences and get that money. It doesn't work. Look at cigarette taxes, right? They don't want people to smoke, but they want the money from cigarette taxes. Right. Hold that thought. I think we have a quick break, and we're going to be back. And we're talking about congestion pricing, which really you should listen to because we still have time for you to have a voice and write to your congressman. And I really think this is a bad thing. Um, We'll be right back. We'll continue talking about it after the break. MyPillow is having their biggest bed sheet sale ever. The MyPillow Percale sheets are available in a variety of colors and all sizes. Now on sale, for example, the queen size, regular price $89.98, now only $39.98 with your promo code. Order now, as there is a very limited supply. The MyPillow Percale sheets are breathable and have a cool, crisp feel. They have deep pockets to fit over any mattress. The MyPillow Percale sheets come with a 10-year warranty and a 6 
60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use promo code AM970 to receive the MyPillow per kale sheets for as low as $29.98. Order now, because when they're gone, they're gone. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-651-0798. Use the promo code AM970. That's 800-651-0798. Use the promo code AM970. The following is a paid political announcement. Sunday mornings just got a lot more interesting. Be sure to tune in to Frankly Speaking with Frank Palata, Republican House candidate for U.S. Congress representing New Jersey's 5th District. Frank will be discussing the issues of the day that affect everyone. The economy, crime, veterans affairs, seniors, border security, and much, much more. Don't miss it. Frankly Speaking, Sunday mornings at 10 on AM 970, The Answer. This is Frank Palata, and I approve this message. I always wanted to learn Spanish, but I never thought I'd have the time. Then I discovered Babbel. Babbel's lessons are fun. They only take like 10 or 15 minutes, and in three weeks, presto, you're speaking another language, like magic. I love that Babbel's lessons aren't just robots talking. They're voiced by native speakers, so you get the pronunciation just right. If you want to learn a language, there's no faster, easier, better way than Babbel. 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 Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com. Hi, it's Joe Piscopo. You know I love performing at the Saccone Theater at Bergen Community College in Paramus, so I'm bringing my band and heading back there on Friday, October 21st, for an unbelievable show. A lot of comedy, some stories, a great tribute to Mr. Sinatra. This is a night you can't miss. It begins at 6 p.m. in a luxury tent right in front of the theater with a full dinner complete with signature dishes from Frank Sinatra's favorite restaurant, Patsy's, and owner and chef Sal Scagnamillo. You know what's really great? We'll be raising money for scholarships at Bergen Community College, a great school. You get valet parking, dinner, wine, the show, everything for one unbelievable price, 125 bucks. The Saccone Theater's an intimate venue that will sell out fast, so get your tickets now at tickets.bergen.edu. That's tickets.bergen.edu. Tickets.bergen.edu or call 201-447-7428. I'll see you there. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. You could save big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, but when we just come out and say it, it feels like it falls a bit flat. So instead, we're going to hire a professional voice actor and pay him absurd amounts of money to say, I like this product. Hmm, not sure why that was better. I mean, I'm a professional too. But we didn't pay him to say the business part, so back to me. Save big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive. Sorry, I know hearing me say it was a bit of a letdown. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back and we're talking about congestion pricing in New York City. And again, it's very timely because... They're looking to do this in 2023 at the end, and you still have time to read about this, know about this, and really have a voice. But on the, the, the advocates or the people that feel it's a good thing to do, I want to give you their side of it. They say that the city wants to, you know, clamp down on vehicle traffic, and they want to combat pollution and look for new ways to pay for public transit because, uh, the public transit is in the hole. I mean, they are just losing money. 
They're just broke, okay? And by charging a fee to drive into Manhattan's busiest neighborhoods, officials hope to discourage cars from jamming up the streets. Those who do enter will help pay. And then if you enter, and you, then you're going to pay. And they say that um, the, the money that they raise would pay for the MTA to, you know, build a better transit network, which I'm not sure how that will happen. Um, but I think, and, and, and I really, and now they have, you know, they have used it in London, Singapore, Stockholm, and they, but I feel it will place an unfair burden on people from other boroughs and people around the regions. They say it's going to help people that use the transit because they say poor people all use transit, so it's, it's more equitable to have this. But I really don't see how this really works. And when I look at the pricing, this will be up to $82, okay? I mean, it, it's it, and, and that's every day that you come in. So the average person is going to pay a lot of money. And you know what I think about New York? I had the, governor, the ex-Governor Pataki on last week, and he was wonderful. And I, I think that it's, if you're going to do it, it's certainly the wrong time to do it. Because right at the moment, I think the most thing, the thing that they should concentrate on is, I'm sorry to be, take a political stance on something, but I really don't think, I think we should put bail laws back into place because I think that you need to have a safe city. And I think with no bail laws, I think that's hard to happen. And that's what Pataki said last week. Um, but I think that people pay to be in the city. And people are willing to pay a premium to be in New York City when New York City was, you know, through, you know, before the pandemic with Bloomberg added and 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 Giuliani. But now we're not really at the place we should be. We're recovering from the pandemic, and we still have a lot of work to do. And so I think that with the high taxes in New York, okay, I mean we're so taxed. I think we're the highest state in the country, and you know, don't add something else on. At least get the city back on its feet, back to where it was before the pandemic, and then when everything is good, then if you want to do something like that, maybe it's a better time. But I just think that they're just going to discourage people. I think it's going to hurt New York City, and it's going to hurt a lot of the people who work outside of New York City. Well, Dottie, the way the way the the plan reads now, I I, I'm, I believe Governor Murphy of New Jersey strongly opposes it as well, right? He, he views it as a double taxation for New Jersey commuters. So I, I don't think it's going to go through um, sort of how it's proposed currently. But, you know, he, does, he doesn't oppose some sort of congestion pricing, but not, not the current proposal that's in place. Uh, and right. I do believe both governors have to agree to whatever these changes are ultimately. But that's why I really feel that our listeners, you know, we all hear things, and I'm guilty of this myself, so I'm not condemning anybody for this, but we really need to have a voice. You know, people say, oh, the, you know, this, this, and this happened. We don't like this. They didn't vote. Okay? We really need to be more involved. And regardless of whether you're pro-congestion pricing or you're not, or you're, you think that, okay, it's not a bad idea, but we've got to really change it, if no one says anything, unless the politicians just run wild and whatever they want to do, then we deserve what we get. I think people should start to look at it. 
because we have time. Uh, you know, as the top said, this is not the final version of it. Um, and and if you know about it, then you can put your voice in and, and, and write to your congressman or your elected officials about what you think. But if everybody just kind of waits for things just happen to them, then, hey, <laughs> You know, we have to be involved. I also, you know, I, always, I say that even about voting. If you don't vote, then don't complain. Uh, and I do think there's some good parts of it, but I really, the way they have it proposed now, it looks like it's going to be uh, a mess. Now, they're, they're, they're already figuring out ways you can go through the Bronx to uh, bypass all that, 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 you know, you wouldn't have to pay the toll. But then... Um, then the Bronx would suffer, and they would get a lot of admissions, and few, you know they would really get a lot of uh, people going through the Bronx, so they don't have to pay those tolls, and they could end up with dirty areas. So, I mean, it's in the works, and the reason we bring it up now is is you have a, an opportunity uh, to really have a voice. Um, I'm giving you a brief out, a brief summary of it, Stephen, or or or. Um, Tom, do you have anything to add to that? Because we're going to be talking about this over the next couple of weeks, um, and I'd love to hear your input, but I would tell you to start reading about it and start reading about yeah. what they're proposing. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think one of the themes for today's show is just inconsistent government policies and on the economy, um, both locally and nationally, right? We want to have people back in the offices, back to work, so what you should do is have policies that encourage that. That will have more people spending money, visiting restaurants, visiting coffee shops, interacting. That's a better way to generate money than adding another cost that will keep some people out and less likely to come in. Right? But people are leaving the earlier. city because, yeah, because of the pricing. We're so we're, we're taxed to death. Okay, make and you it, know when governor cheaper, not more expensive. I agree. Yeah. When, when Governor Pataki came on, we asked him about, I asked him about what he'd do to get people back after 9-11 to downtown. And he said, nobody wants to go downtown. You know, we were expecting a, ser- uh, a second terrorist. He said he gave people who bought there and, and rented their incentives to be there. He gave companies like Citibank that were worried maybe what if there's another, you know, another attack. He gave them, he paid for security. He made tremendous incentives for people to go downtown to get people back and so right now i'm thinking they should be doing the same thing 100 percent, daddy and i want to add and i remember this and i had a lot of clients buy because of it there was a section of the tax code you know how we hear about all these 421a abatements which has gone up and down there was Mm -hmm. a temporary program called the 421g and that basically had extraordinary low property taxes for new condo constructions and they converted a lot of these buildings so a lot of the people that you're seeing downtown today were not there even pre 9-11 and the and that well was one of the programs that remade the whole neighborhood in a very very good way and that's a great example you know of smart policy because someone might say oh you're giving a tax break well, look at all the jobs, look at all the spending, and the population move for a temporary, and, and that program now is expired, so no one's getting that benefit now. But look at all the people there now spending money and doing things. And, and, and so do you we really think, have, Stephen, 
where they want to get people back to offices. Do you really think that's going to do the trick? Well, I would. I mean, honestly, if they want to, they want to do. So, you know what? If I if I were them, here's the program to do. How about for a temporary program for one or two years, give a tax credit for people who actually show up to work. If they can document it, give them a small tax credit. Because look, even if you say we'll give you a thousand dollars, two thousand dollar tax credit, and I'm just throwing numbers out very loosely, right. they're going to spend that. Think about it. You go to work five days a week. Let's say you work fifty weeks, you know, a year. I'm rounding some numbers here. Two hundred fifty dollars. What ha- two hundred fifty days? What happens if somebody spends twenty dollars a day pumped into the economy? What is that going to mean? just for getting lunch and a coffee. The, you're going to have stores come back, rent roll come back, and that's, by the way, commercial rent taxes that are going to be there. You're going to have people who might come off of unemployment. You're going to have other um, payroll taxes paid in. You're going to make your money a different way and a smarter way for government. Well, then let me well, ask I, you, I Tom, and... and so, like, why why don't these guys get it or these women? I mean, I, I say maybe, you know, I don't know if these politicians ever had a job in their life. I'm not sure what they're really thinking. I'm not sure if they're really in the real world sometimes because I really think these are problems, but how they're addressing them I think is going to have an adverse effect. Okay, You know, I mean, you you're going to drive more people out and you're going to hurt they say they're going to help. They're not. They're going to hurt people that are working people that don't live in the city, and maybe they don't live in the city because it's too expensive. That's going to put a burden on them. And so, if they don't have to come in, they're not going to. So it's not going to help getting them back. And I, 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 I just think that. Um, and the burden's going to be on working people. And what about and people that live outside of New York City? I certainly don't. Now, I understand the congestion, the admission. You know, we, we want to clean up the New York City. So there are some good parts about it, but it really needs a lot of work. And the reason I bring this up now again, it's proposed, for, I think, the end of 23. And this is not the final draft, so we're just giving you basically an outline of what they're thinking of proposing. We still have time to really be part of helping make our city, and those of you who don't live in New York City but want to work in New York City, really think about this. We have time to have a voice. And the problem is I don't think many people make a voice. They complain, and I hear everybody complain, 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 and I complain too. But how many people actually get involved to do something? So, well, Dottie, I'd say I, that, hey, look, we're at, you, you can't tax your way into prosperity, right? And I think a lot of people are at the breaking point. So any other incremental uh, burden on them could send them out of New York, right, and out of the city. Uh, but there's a lot of unintended consequences of these plans, right? And, and it almost seems like they're created in a vacuum without uh, any thought to the real-world application. Of well, it. I know, think somebody what it is, you know. on a paper and they say, oh, that looks good. Yeah, well, I think what it is is they're looking to raise money, and you, you, and that's fine. You know, your city needs to raise money. But at the same token, they're not looking at the consequences because the way they're doing it, I think, is incorrectly. And second of all, if the city was at its 
peak and it's, everything was good, maybe. But right now, we're still recovering from the pandemic, okay? We still have a lot of work to do, and we are the highest tax state. And I notice a lot of older, wealthier people say, you know what? We don't. We don't have to be in, and people don't have to be in the offices the same amount of time. So they're moving. So we want to keep people in the city, I, and I think this is just something that's going to really hurt them. Although I understand, and it works in London, um, I understand that why they want to do it. They want to cut, you know, some of those emissions out and things of that nature. So I but think Daddy, you I want read to up add something it. about London. It's a very different kind of city. I mean, just on how public transportation works, on how housing is, it, it, it's, a diff- it's a different kind of city. So, you know, we have a lot more single-family homes and car ownership of people in the city. We have a Staten Island. We have parts of Queens and Brooklyn. You know, you're not going to have freeways like parts of the Bronx, right? Drive by Yankee Stadium and go on the Major Deegan, right? You're not going to have that kind of highway network within the city of London itself. Um, so, and look, they have other, diff- they have different costs. The cost of education is different in, in London, let's say New York. So um, I, I agree with you. They're using that as an analogy, but I, I don't think it fully, you know, matches up with how our city's laid out. Yeah, how well, many skyscrapers are there in London? Not too bad, right? <laughs> no, you're right. And again, um, I think a, a, a lot of, thought, and I bring this up, so that you all are aware of it and we can start working on it and hopefully we can maybe all together kind of put some better proposals in that are a little bit, you know, that help clean the city up but it really do not hurt people so much because that is going to be a big drain on people, in my opinion. And, again, I give you my opinion. Um, I'm glad I'm going to try to find somebody to come on the show that's for for the, the, the congestion pricing and I'm for it, but not the way it is now, not the way they, they're talking about it. And so we still have time. Other than that, what else do you see going on quick? I think restaurants hey, I seem think- busy. I don't know. Stores, I think the department stores are up a little bit. Um, they're, they're, you know, they're not to pre-pandemic, but they're up a little bit. Travel is back, too. A lot of people traveling, you know, getting out and seeing the world. Back. And don't forget, I know we have a, we're ending the show, but don't forget the foreigners haven't really returned yet. So when we get our foreigners back, that's going to be a big plus because they spent a lot of money in New York City. Um, an hour goes so fast. We'll continue talking about this. Send me an email on any subjects you want to hear. Um, it's beautiful outside. Have a wonderful day. We'll miss you, and we'll be back next week. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.